Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Okay, so welcome back to the Social for Brokers podcast. Um, Today, I'm honored to have Sam Norris on the podcast, or if people know him from Instagram, he's known as the Sam Norris, because there's only one, of course. Um, So Sam is probably best known from his Instagram. That's where he does a lot of his stuff. And if you've listened to it, the Successful Game of Loans podcast, which is awesome, you need to check that out. So he specializes in helping property investors and developers raise finance. One thing you might have noticed lately are his Instagram reels, and I really want to talk about this, is <laughs> things a mortgage broker loves to hear. So we'll talk about that shortly, but somebody might have seen that. Um, yeah, really good on social media. You need to get following and listen, listen to his, his podcast. So thanks very much for coming on, Sam. How are you? You uh, all right? Yeah, no, no problem. Not a problem at all, Chris. Absolute pleasure. Always love having any opportunity to chat with you, even if it is podcast that loads of people are going to listen to as well yeah so i've been i've been on sam's podcast before and we we kind of go off on loads of different tangents yeah. so um we'll try and we'll talk about the same stuff over and over again i think but we'll try and keep it fresh for people mm-hmm. that may have listened to us talking talking yeah. before what i'm interested in to talk to you about today is obviously you're a very successful mortgage broker and you very much like the processes but at the moment you're thinking about making that shift more into or making more of a focus onto marketing mm. so you tell us a bit of your background how you've got to where where you are at the minute yeah do you know what? i've got a really mixed background actually um i i got into to broking completely by accident because i turned up to a uh an interview that I thought was for a training stockbroker, um, <laughs> but it wasn't. And I thought on my feet and got offered the job as a training broker oh, awesome. back in 2007. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of a weird one, actually. Uh, I've told the story a few times, but yeah, I turned up to this, this uh, I got a recruiter basically told me um, about this job as a trainee broker. I'd never heard of a mortgage broker at that point. So I presumed it was a stockbroker. Um, did a wee bit of research into uh, what stockbrokers do. Turned up at this uh, interview. Turns out it was a, a group interview, so it was 12 of us there. Oh, no. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had my FaceTime moment uh, with the sort of the, the sales manager, and I just completely came clean. Um, he was more pissed off with the recruiter not giving me the right information, to be honest. Yeah. So I kind of got out of jail free there. But I just sort of thought on my feet and went, look, we've got half an hour why don't I have 15 minutes to ask you questions? You have 15 minutes to ask me questions and we'll see if we like each other at the end of it. He agreed to it. And out of the 12, I was the only person to get off the job. So obviously I did something to impress them. Um, So, but from there, that was at Foxton's and that was in 2007. So for those that know their economic history, that was probably one of the worst times in living memory to try and get into the world of finance. Um, I did, did all right there, but it was, a, it was a tough old slog. I was getting a, it was an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes even, um, each way as a commute. Um, and I was pretty much working eight to eight, six days a week in that particular job. Um, they basically put you in sales to start with. Um, and it's, it's a really, really hard job. But um, I learned a lot there. Um, and then basically when I realized that they weren't promoting people into the, into the broking side of things anymore because of the, the market slipping, um, I decided to take the really great route of going um going sort of self-employed approached a uh, a, a sort of a local estate agent um, they told me there was an ifa that worked in the basement i went downstairs in a similar way on, you know thinking on my feet said you know 
you need some help with your mortgage stuff? He said, yeah. I said, great. Well, look, pay me 50% of, of all the stuff I bring in. Give me that desk. Um, and, and we'll go from there. A couple of years doing that. Um, followed up by doing a, a little bit of development stuff with my dad, who's a builder. Um, and in, in that sort of side, started to get to know the developer uh, or development finance, bridging finance sort of part of the of the industry, which interested me a lot more than just straightforward mortgages. Um, fast forward a few years, um, and I, I'd done a few jobs working. I, I've not just been a broker, but also mm. managed teams and built departments within brokerages for various different things, including um, sort of a, a very senior stroke power planning division within Savills um, to, to sort of... Uh, work on the process um, of supporting brokers and making them as efficient as possible. So that was a real eye opener for me. Um, and then when I worked at Ennis, um, I was in charge of building out a sort of a business development client services division, division that worked very closely with the marketing and the sales team um, cohesively. Um, and so that for me was a really great eye opener into actually how to, to start managing and, and building a, actually a successful mortgage business rather than just being that one man band semi, um, sorry, uh, self-employed broker, which a lot mm. of people do. So um, that stood me in really good stead to, to start my, my company, Grand Union Finance, with my business partner, Engin, who is that great sit-at-a-desk broker. You know, he doesn't want to go to network meetings. He's not interested in doing you know, Instagram reels, although I do I desperately try and get him involved as much as I possibly can. Um, and, and we both have a very, very particular part of our business that we focus on. Um, he, I, I figure out what the problem is mm -hmm. and he comes up with the solution basically. So I, I speak to clients um, every single day, you know, probably five, six, seven new clients every day sometimes. Wow. Um, figuring out what, what they want to, what they need to do, what they want to achieve, long-term goals, um, formulating a, a plan, getting some information from them, putting together a proposal, and then Engin and I um, you know, basically come up with the you know what we need to do on a transactional basis, and he does the sourcing, whether that be for a standard mortgage, bridging, development, commercial, whatever it might be. Um, and that process, working together on every single deal, really, really works, and it also gives clients a uh, um, a secondary point of contact for every single. Um, transaction that we're involved with. You're, pl so. you're playing to the strengths there, aren't you, really? Mm -hmm. you, you, you're picking the best personality traits of each other and yeah. each of them takes a role. But what's amazing is what well, we've been on this podcast probably five minutes now mm. and I've learned more about you in five minutes than I've known in the last three or four months. <laughs> I think it's purely because... Whenever, say, if I've been on your podcast before, it's all about the guest, of course. When we speak, normally it's through Instagram. We're talking about marketing techniques or we're saying if this works. Uh, we're a bit, bit kind of like social media marketing geeks, really, aren't we, both mm, of us? Yeah. And that's what we talk about. So it, it's great to actually sit down and listen to the, the process that you've had from the day that you started. And that story is a massive takeaway from that. That story when you turned up to the interview to be a... Um, a stockbroker and into a mortgage broker to be hired out of those 12 people it just shows it's all about the person and I think that's what I'm trying to get across with this podcast is it doesn't matter who you work for it's, it's you as a person you need to sell that and you did that with, within 15 minutes that's what's quite inspiring so it's great to see I think do you know what there's um, every, every, every person has something about them that is unique to them 
Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, a, I'm a great believer, and I don't know if you've come across this, this sort of philosophy before, the, the, the abundance mentality. Um, and I think people get very, very scared of revealing who they are, what makes them individual, what makes them brilliant as, as an individual human being, because they're concerned that that's going to put people off working with them or wanting them to work for them in the case of a mortgage broker. Um, and I, I completely, completely go against that. I think that, number one, there's enough business to go around. There's, mm-hmm. there's so many people out there that need the help of a good mortgage broker. So if you're putting on a facade of somebody that you're not, you're going to attract the wrong type of clients anyway. Oh, I love you to saying be, that. To be yourself, put yourself out there, and it's your personality that will probably win you more of the type of business that you want. Um, you know, I'm a great believer in sharing as much value as you possibly can. I get a lot of brokers, if I'm honest with you, actually sending me relatively negative messages saying, you know, why are you, you, know, why are you giving away all of our secrets for free? <laughs> um, and I just say, well, number one, they're my secrets to give away. So it's up to me. Yeah. Two, I'm, build, I'm just building trust and I'm using it as an opportunity to, to show my personality because then what happens is if someone contacts me on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, they've decided that they want to work with me, not just because they feel as though I, I, I can do what I say I can do, but for whatever reason, they found my weird, quirky stuff that I put out on social media interesting enough to the point they want me to be on their power team effectively. Yeah. But they've made that decision based probably because they feel as though there's a, a connection between the way I work and the way they would want to work. And so that, that, that is the, a great foundational building block for a long-term relationship. And so anyone that's thinking, you know, oh, I, I really like wearing flamboyant jumpers and I shouldn't be wearing those on, on video or, you know, I've got a really weird hairstyle or, you know, I, I love the Powerpuff Girls and I talk about that all the time. Whatever, whatever it is, whatever random stuff that is absolutely you, you should never hold back from introducing that into your marketing because it, what's, it's what makes you you. I often yeah. joke about uh, the city uniform which is you walk into you, you walk around the city of London, not necessarily at the moment because it's a bit of a ghost town, but in normal times you walk around the city of London and everyone's wearing the same suit, with the same tie, with the same white shirt, with the same cutaway collar, you know, clean shaven, with the same hairstyle, and you just it's just a uh, a sea of uniformity. Clones. Yeah, clones. Yeah, yeah exactly. And word, yeah. you're never going to stand out as a clone. You've mm. got to. You've got to. The reason why you stand out is because of your unique. Uh, ness and and that's what you should be showing off it's true isn't it and we'll get into social media because i know we'll be talking about ages for that but like you said then i think the perfect example is and this springs to mind because i saw him on a billboard advertising victoria plum bathrooms the other day okay. you think of all the home decoration programs that were about in the 2000s or the, or the 90s and all the different designers that you had throughout the series there was hundreds of them but the one that everyone will remember is Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. Yeah. That's the one because he was flamboyant, because he showed his uniqueness. Everybody else drifts out. So mm. 15 years later, we're still talking about him because he built his brand 15 years ago. Yeah. So that, that's getting into, <coughs> excuse me, personal branding. We'll get onto that because we'll be here for ages. <laughs> one thing I like to ask, because you're obviously very passionate about your clients and connecting with them on that personal level, which is what you said you want to attract the people that, that you like to work with. What would you say has been your best case? So it might be 
from a financial point of view that you've helped somebody, or it might be that you genuinely ha- came off the phone and was like, oh, I love dealing with that person. I thought they were amazing. Um, there's two that spring to mind. Um, one is, and so this is, I hate it when people say, oh, you know, you shouldn't use bridging or you shouldn't do this that, and the other um, if you're new to, to the business. This, this, this first one I'm thinking of, the particular client, is um, very, very new. Sorry, can I just cut in there? Why do you say the business? We're talking about property investors here. Yeah, property investors. Okay, that's so your this, specialist. So this, yeah, so this is a property, this is a property investor, brand new to, to property investing, and wants to follow the buy, refurbish, refinance model. Yep. And first ever bridge they've ever got, and we, it was just done in in like I think less than two and a half weeks it was completed. God. They were so organised. By the way, still holding down a very very time intensive um, full time job. Well, at the same time, same time, got it all through. We refinanced that property to the uh, to the value that they, that was that they wanted. Um, within three months of, of, of completing on the purchase. Um, and we're go, myself and that client are going through a second refinance at the moment. So they were a repeat client. But they were green. They started from scratch. What they did was, well, they did three things really, really well. Mm-hmm. Number one, they were ridiculously organized. So whenever I needed anything, it was available to me. Yeah. Number two, they took action. You know, so again, if I needed anything, they got it to me. That that became a priority for them. They didn't question it. They didn't say, "Oh, you know, do they really need this? Why do they need this?" They got it because they knew that just by getting it over and getting it done, the underwriter was happy. The 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 loan was going to get signed off. Um, And the last thing was they they listened to the advice of all the people around them. They've got a good solicitor. They've got me working as their broker. You know, they listen, they, they speak to their agents they work with in terms of good areas to invest in. And they, they listen to people and they, they actually take on. They just soaked up that information. That There's mortgage brokers listening to this thinking, Sam, where do you uh, find these clients? Is there like a pool of them that send, <laughs> no, send over the right paperwork, do it within a reasonable time scale and actually listen to what I say? <laughs> they are, they're, they're in a minority. There's a good reason why I picked them out. <laughs> this is why it's a good case part. <laughs> exactly. But there was another one that was, um, that was also quite, um, that I quite uh, like that, come, that springs to mind, which was... Um, lo- um, developer or investor and developer that has you know a large portfolio we're talking you know valued in the millions um, and they had a problem last year whereby they they had built out um, a conversion from what a, a large family house into six flats and suddenly the market dipped a little bit um, you know when brexit was was causing problems to the property market um, you know they realized they weren't going to be able to sell all six properties they got themselves into a bit of a pickle with a, a really bad second charge uh, bridging lender, and uh, and basically what what I did was we we I had a look at the whole thing and we created a bit of a plan whereby she was going to change the ownership structure, um, we were going to refinance, we we're going to pay everything off so she was comfortable, and we had a really clear exit strategy um, in terms of actually refinancing some of those individual units. Um, she was going to create title, uh, split titles and create and register individual leases. 
and things like that. So it was quite complicated. She got herself in a pickle, mm-hmm. and I and we got her out of it. And um, what a great the, feeling. The biggest the biggest problem there was that she had a really I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast, but she had a go for it. She had a really shit solicitor. How <laughs> did she wear? I think um, everybody knows that. Get, though, right, need. get get this right. They would they refused to confirm to the lender mm-hmm. that they could they knew that the person in the id that they'd signed off was the, was the client they, they wouldn't the, confirm that even though they, they stamped said, off the id <laughs> they said that their uh, basically they said that their pi cover didn't cover them for that what how and did you um, how did they do that in the end so do you know what i did was i i mystery shot them Oh, okay. I, called, I called the front desk and I said, hello, um, I just wondered if you have this service. I need to have some ID certified for mm-hmm. something that I'm, I'm doing and it needs to be done by a, by a solicitor. Are you able to both do that if you meet me face to face and then and then confirm that I am who I who I am shown to be on my ID? They said, yeah, absolutely no problem at all. If you want to pop in tomorrow anytime apart from between one and two, which is when most people seem to take their lunches, that's great. And I said, fantastic, what was your name? She told me, and I called this list and I said, right, so-and-so on your front desk has just said that you do this. So either do it or we're finding another, a different solicitor. Yeah, it's been awkward, isn't it? It's like the one, some, sometimes people want the upper hand, don't they? And it happens in any business, of course it does. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, just it's, a problem, it's a problem that occurs a lot. And, and I think that you, again, as a, as, a, as a broker, I genuinely believe that a good broker becomes kind of a project manager. Yeah, our, our first thing that we need to do is good we need point. to find you the best terms for whatever deal you're looking to do but once that application is in as an organization we then have to we have to find a way of getting it getting it through and that means liaising with agents with solicitors with the underwriters with surveyors you know with with accountants project managers builders whoever it is throughout the entire process um there's there's so many different people that we would need to to communicate with accountants we have to talk to quite a lot as well and of course I suppose in your in your business model it's it's something that you need you need to be able to um, and it's sales really isn't it you need to be able to change your pitch to whoever you're talking to mm-hmm. and, yeah and that that will always help you with cases it's got to, it's got to be individual you know when, yeah. when i speak when i speak to a client i know what i i i can the first thing that I sort of do is I'll fit them into a category. You know, okay. are you are you a new investor? What are you looking to do? What are you trying to achieve? I always ask them the non-broker questions at the beginning. You know, where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? What you, you, you want to become an investor, but what kind of investor are you? Are you somebody that's passionate about property? So you're going to, you know, live, eat, uh, sleep, live, breathe, breathe, yeah. uh, breathe it? Or actually, do you just see it as a, a side hustle? You want to just build up a bit of a portfolio as a bit of extra passive income? Um, and you know you'll build that up over a twenty-year period, and it's going to be a pension fund. You know what you are looking to do will move me down a particular path of the kind of conversation I'm going to have with you. Once we've figured that out, then it's a case of right. Let's look at the transaction. Um, but you know, it's a little bit like one of those books. Um, you know, the ones where it's like, um, you know, do you go through the door? Yes or no? If you do go through the door, turn to page three. If you don't, page yeah. twenty-seven. You know, it's a little bit like that where. I'm quite fortunate. I've been doing this for 13 years now, so I don't need a script in front of me. I don't need a fact find in front of me. I know how to to to. You know to how to overcome not so much uh, not so much overcoming objections, but what path to take. It's like a flow chart, isn't yeah, it? Do you know right, what? I have very thing. few objections anymore. I don't think you do because you ask the customer what they want up front. Yeah. So you ask them at the beginning, so then everything that you are not necessarily well selling to them they can't have any objections because they told you that's what 
like at the beginning they said look i want to make a cake and you say well i'm going to sell you some eggs flour sugar yeah and you know what it's funny because um i had an object i did have an objection recently to to my fee and and you know for specialist stuff it's perfectly normal for a broker to charge one percent of the loan amount which is what we do for, for specialist cases uh, we yeah. don't for absolutely everything but for specialist cases that we, we we do and um and he said and the guy said to me he goes oh i think that's expensive and i said well compared to what he said there's other brokers out there that will will charge less i said yeah 100 percent. there is yeah i said but look some people you know, you, you can go and buy your shopping at Lidl or you can go and buy your shopping at, at M&S. The, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 the need is the same. You need to eat food. Um, but how it's presented to you and, and the quality of the service and what you, you know, the quality of the product will vary and you'll, you'll pay according to that. And that might be quite a, a condescending way of, of, of sort of putting it. And I don't mean it in that way. What I mean is, you know, this is my fee structure to, to, to acquire my service. And yeah. if you want that service, that's how much it costs. If you don't want that service, you are free to walk away at any time. Um, but I, but that's, that's how much I, I charge for, for what I do. And I know brokers that charge a lot more. You know, we don't actually charge very much for our, for our mortgage business um because we think that brokers overcharge for that so we because it isn't a tangible product is it and i think this is something that's very hot that's talked about on linkedin at the moment is do you charge a fee as a broker and everyone's got their own thoughts on it but i think it's very hard to sell it to people because it is tangible when i was an estate agent it's the same as a fee for selling your home there's so many different variables involved. It's not as if I'm giving you a physical product. You know, it's funny. You talk about that. Um, I remember when um, I, I've worked with estate agents for large, large proportions of my career. And there was one particular estate agent that I worked in that was in the city in London. And, um, you know, their, their fee structures were, were relatively high. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used to get the objection all the time of your fee is higher than, than the, the others. Would you give us a discount? And the answer was always, I can give you a small discount if you want. And they'd say, oh, that, okay, that's great. That, I would like that. They said, but your, your case will be a, a lower priority case for us. Simple. It's as simple as that, isn't it? It's as simple as that. And, and then they would say, oh, that's ridiculous. You should, you know, you should give everyone the same uh, you know, level of, uh, of service. And they said, we do. We give everyone the same level of service that pays our fee. Wow, that's a great way of looking at it, isn't it? But if you don't want to pay us for that level of service, then we can give you a lower level of service for a lower fee. And I used to think that is cracking. If you think about it in a product way, if you go into a garage and you've seen it, there's a beautiful Mercedes there, and you've got one model that doesn't have the sat-nav, doesn't have the wheel, uh, the alloy wheels, and doesn't have the aircon, but then the next model up is... So that's 10 grand. The next one up is 20 grand and that's got alloys, aircon. Hmm. You go, well, I'll have the 20 grand one because it's got all those extra bits. Yeah. Do you want a downgrade? No, no, because that's, that, I know that's cheaper, but I don't want the cheaper you product. Want, yeah, you don't want the cheaper product. Because but it's I, tangible, it's easy. You know what, like everything, there is a, there is a need for all of this kind of stuff. Like there are, there are brokerages out there, you know, you're at the LNCs of this world, for example, that, will, that won't charge. Mm-hmm. But, and, and actually... If you are a you know a home mover and you want to borrow seventy five percent loan to value and it's a residential mortgage and it's pretty straightforward, they're probably the best people for you. You know, it's there's there's nothing too tricky there that's going to cause anyone problems. You you basically just need somebody to manage manage the case for you and to and to let you know that you're you're pretty much getting the right the right product. You know, within yeah. a 
within a, a, a panel of lenders that represents the market. That, that, that's going to be because you are going to be going to a Halifax, a nationwide, mm. a Barclays, a Santander. You know, they, they are, they, that's they're the going to be quite simple to. And they're going to be they're going to be relatively simple, and so if that's if that's what you are doing, then go to a broker like that. If you're looking to set up your first ever development finance deal, um, and you need to really stretch the the loan to GDV on it, um, maybe you don't even know what GDV means yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and 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 you know, there's a lot of things in there. Then they don't knowledge you need a specialist for exactly. Yeah. And it's the same with things like we were talking about solicitors earlier on. You know, I say to, to clients, have two solicitors in your armory. Have okay. one that can do the really simple, you know, turnkey stuff. It's, it's call center style deals um, mm. where it's, I just need to refinance this buy to let, you know, simple. You're not doing anything. But then you, and you don't pay them much. You pay them between 500 and 750 per case, something like that. Yeah. But then you have your solicitor that you pay more because it's a bridging deal or it's a development finance deal or it's a commercial deal or there's a time uh, constraint on it or you're buying an auction or, or something like that. You need somebody that has the specialist knowledge to understand what you are doing. And guess what? There's a reason why they are in that position. They've got more experience. Mm. If they're higher up the food chain, potentially you could use that terminology. And guess what? They've earned the right to charge more for the service that they provide. So pay them that is exactly things it's not a bit i said i had a a conversation once back in in an old job um where it was one percent no matter what deal we were doing it was one percent across the board Mm -hmm. we had loads of objections especially it was relatively simple mortgage stuff um and i remember there was one particular deal there's one percent of the loan amount and i and i said to him i said it's one percent of the loan amount he said okay fine he goes that's a lot i said well it's not really it's only 0.2 percent of your profit margin good point switch it and he literally went yeah, I said I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do do a job for you that's gonna help you make X amount, and it was over a million pounds. Wow! Right, um, and I said, and I'm only asking for this out of that million. I said, but you're gonna make a million, or you? I don't think it was actually gross; it was a million. So deduct after deductions, that kind of stuff. But I said, you're gonna make this amount of money, and I'm only asking for this amount, and I'm gonna be the one that's basically gonna get you in a position to make that money. It's not that much when you think about it. You're the specialist, aren't you? And he ended up paying me, paying me the fee. And actually, at the end, and this, I always remember this. Um, this this client sent me um, a bottle of uh, I can't remember what it was. It was like a particular rum um, that mm. we just we discussed um, the the, uh, the Caribbean or something on a phone call. And he'd remember, and he got me this rum that was from this place in in, in the Caribbean that he'd been to. As like as a as a thanks on top of that, and that was completely just like you know didn't to put what you talk about and even and not not so much fees because I'm sure we could have a whole podcast episode and I could have a hundred mortgage brokers having all a hundred different views, but there's an analogy a story that always sticks out in my mind when you you pay a specialist and you might have have heard it that a guy's machine breaks down so he phones the specialist mechanic in the area mm-hmm. and the mechanic comes over and he looks over the machine for about ten minutes and that the guy's like, what is he doing? And he's just analyzing it. And then all of a sudden he gets a hammer out the toolbox and hits the machine at the specialist point and the machine fires back up. He's like, oh my God, it's amazing. Thank you very much. Send me your invoice. So he goes home, sends in the invoice, a thousand pounds. He emails back, how can you charge me a thousand pounds for 10 minutes work? You only hit 
where you know what i mean you only hit it once and he said yeah but it's the experience you're paying me i knew exactly where to hit it and how hard mm-hmm. that is exactly what you're talking about it's the specialist knowledge and during these times at the moment when people are struggling to get mortgages you need a mortgage broker you need that specialist knowledge to be able to help those people yeah absolutely it's, yeah. it's, it's exactly that and people say to me all the time how do you choose a mortgage broker? I said, I said simple two things, um, experience and knowledge of what you need them to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and personality, you know, personality is a big you, thing, can, isn't can it? Can you get on with them? Because during a transaction, you might be talking to them every day. Yeah. And if you, and if you really find them really boring and mundane, um, then you might struggle. But then again, some people like boring and mundane. They don't yeah. want to sit on the phone chatting to somebody about life. You know, yeah, but those are the clients that client, you want. Yeah. My last client we were just talking about, we were talking about, um, I've, I've got this uh, this plan that I want to build a like a barbecue smoker. And we were oh, just yeah. talking about that for half an hour. <laughs> you know, but he bought into you. And that leads me perfectly on talking about personality is going into the social media part of the, the podcast because this is, this is the big crux for me and you, of course. So what would you say, and this is where, if you've got pens, write down a few of these tips, because Sam Norris is going to give some massive value here. I can feel it. What are the three top top tips you could give somebody to win on social media as a a mortgage broker? Um, Number one, turn up. Okay. Do it consistently. Um, This is quite quite good, actually, right now. Yesterday, I was really busy, and I realised that I didn't have anything planned to put out on social media yesterday. Um, and uh, I've actually got to the point now where I've been doing it enough where I can just come up. If I've got an idea, I can just, I can quickly, you know, hash it out, get it out. Hash there. It out. Yeah. You know, I ask you, I basically ask you tips about Canva and then I hash something out. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it's, it's show up, be consistent every single day. What I've started um, getting in terms of feedback, which is, which is, awesome and I, and I probably take it far too much for granted the, the the positive feedback that i get on the stuff that i put out um is you know they talk to me about oh you keep giving us really great value and that comes through showing up i i think i'm probably i think over lockdown i don't think i've missed one day including wow. the weekend of posting something on instagram in particular um instagram is where i where i get most of my traction so it's where most of my attention is because that's where i get my attention from um, and, but it's to, you need to show up, you need to be consistent. But at the same time, um, you, know, you need to be realistic with your time. If you don't have the time to show up every single day, put something in the diary to make sure you show, make sure you show up at the times that you can show up. Okay, um, yeah, that's a good, you know, very good point. And, and so you know, I was talking to, to somebody recently and they're asking me about this and I said, look, just be realistic with yourself. If you look over the course of your week and even when you're you know, even being organized, you're thinking, do you know what, I really don't have more than you know, three hours a week to dedicate to social media marketing, we'll figure out, you know, how much time you need to, to write and, and actually post something. And if that means you can only post three or four times a week, you know, just post three or four times a week, but do it consistently over a long enough period of time. Consistency is key for you, as you said. Exactly. You need to be turning up. Consi- so turning up yeah. and bringing that personal edge, what would you say is that kind of the third one? Um, I would say um, listen to your audience is a big one. Okay? Now, this is something that Sam is huge on. You're very analytical, aren't you? Very yeah. analytical. I So <laughs> Instagram insights is one of my favorite things in the whole universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so much so that uh, 
often what I will do is the first thing when I wake up in the morning and last thing before I go to sleep at night, I actually check insights and have a look wow. and, and see what see what's going on. Um, yeah, much of the, the disgruntlement of my wife. Um, like, you you look at this. Look at this. Is your 37% up on 28 days ago? Look, yeah. how exciting is that? She's like, yes, yes, darling. Yes, darling. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the opposite happens though when she's like, oh my God, have you seen who's done this, that, and the other on, on, on whatever, Love Island. Right? Love Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's uh, amazing. I can't believe that she's wearing that bikini. Incredible. Um, <laughs> just glazed over, just yeah. like, just let it happen and, and but, we'll talk about um, it later. But yeah, listening to your audience is really, really key. And I think actually what, what a lot of people do is they get really despondent mm-hmm. when they feel as though they've failed. So they've put, they've put a lot of time and effort, heart and soul into creating this post it goes out and then it absolutely flops. Bums, yeah. And and they and then what happens is they go, oh, this doesn't work. I'm not I'm not bothering tomorrow. I'm not bothering the next day. Um, and actually, do you know what? When I get a post, and it still happens now, when I get a post that doesn't do well, I analyse that as much as a post that does do well. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you can surprise yourself because you might put a post out and you go, okay, hang on a second. So, yeah, usually I get this much reach. Usually I get this this many impressions usually my percentage of people that have seen my post um, who don't follow me is this. Why have I fall, fallen short on those particular um, you know, metrics? And, it, and then, it, then you can start to actually realize why these things don't work. Yeah. You know, was the visual, was it just not particularly good? Was the subject matter not interesting? Did you not use a, a very good headline? Were your hashtags poor? Did you, or the big one for me is, did you post at the wrong time of day? No one should ever post at the wrong time of day, ever, because you go onto your insight and Instagram tells you when to post. Yep, yep. So you go into your audience, you see the hours in the day that most of your, uh, your, your followers are active and you post at that time. Simple. So you should never get that wrong. Um, and so, you know, the, for, for me, it's, it's a case of actually just analyzing what you're doing and taking an active interest in it. And there's a, you know, there's somebody out there that I've certainly stolen this from, but what gets measured gets managed. So yeah. if you can measure your progress, bad or good, over a long enough period of time, you will notice, um, you will automatically just start getting better because subconsciously you'll just start doing things better and better. Over, over time, I've noticed, I now know what type of post works Works better. well, yeah. I know what type of headline works better. I know the subject matter as well. So if I'm if I'm thinking, do you know what? I just need an easy win here. Just I'll just stick something out about bounce back loans. You know, everyone wants right. bounce back loans. Limited, limited companies. They're they're the things. You know, I, I know the kind of stuff that gets the traction. And so if I just need a quick easy ego boost, yeah. then I know that I can stick that kind of stuff out there. But you know, you also have to have the knowledge to back that up. Um, and the for me, especially mortgage brokers, is I think too many mortgage brokers feel as though they don't or they, they don't have any anything interesting to give um and you know what as a sort of a bonus a fourth one is feel free to dumb down your content you know just because you know what gdv means doesn't mean that everyone knows what gdv means 100%. Write a post about what gdv means yep. you know write a post about what loan to value means write a post about um you know five top tips to getting your first buy to let mortgage and make them as simple as possible choosing the right solicitor um you know understand you could do a post about understanding rental calculators and you know, you know it's really vital why i think that is i think as mortgage brokers the ones that i speak to anyway that what they do is they follow other mortgage brokers so they think if i put something out to explain what an agreement in principle is 
Mm. People are going to look at me and think, why are, you, why are you posting something so trivial? But their audience probably only follows one or two mortgage brokers. Mm. So it's just because, because you know it and because your whole bubble is all mortgage brokers, you think that that will look silly. Mm. Whereas if you take a step back, and this is what I try and talk to my clients about, take a step back and think of it from a client's point of view. If I'm sat on the sofa, I might be an engineer and I know the processes of how to fix a machine. I don't know how a mortgage works though. So if somebody, like for example, um, like if it, if it was me and I was looking for somebody to fix my boiler and I didn't know what Corgi registered was, if somebody explained to me what Corgi registered was, I'd probably be more likely to use that company to service my boiler exactly. than somebody that just goes, we're Corgi, blah, 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 blah and confuse me. So if no, somebody... You said something there at the beginning as well, which I think is really important, is that you're like, oh, if I'm if, if people are if, if I'm posting something and then what other mortgage brokers are posting or, or thinking about that, this is gonna sound really awful. And I'm you know, I don't mean it in this way. I really couldn't give two shits what other mortgage brokers are posting about. <laughs> well, they're not gonna be your customers, are they? They're not gonna be my customers. So if I see someone else as a mortgage broker posting about something that I've either already posted about or I'm planning on posting about. I'm not going to literally take their exact post and replicate it. Um, anyway, I'm going to do it in my own way and my own voice. With your own personal touch on it. With yeah. My own personal touch on it. Anyway. Um, I care about me personally giving value to my perfect target audience, which is investors and developers. Um, and you know, if, if another mortgage broker, I, and I've seen it, I've seen people kind of not steal, steal the, what, what i'm doing but certainly oh, i've had it loads i've done you know, posts for people and people will just copy it word for word but it does it's not the same because it's not yeah. them i don't mind it like that's up to them that, and that's cool and if it works for them then 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 whatever like i said abundance mentality mm -hmm. if they if they get some clients out of that that's fine because i'm still getting clients as well and yeah. and i'm happy working with the clients that want to work with me so that's absolutely cool um but yeah i don't you know, no matter what you're doing, if you're an engineer, if you're a plumber, if you're a builder, if you're a property sourcer, this is a big one, property sources. And they're like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm worried about what other, what other property sources are writing about. Why? They're not you, you know? Yeah, you might be competing for the same, the same target audience, but chances are, if you both write a post about, you know, I don't know, how to, how to source an, um, an HMO in Newport, Mm -hmm. um, they're just going to choose the one, the person that they like. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So don't worry about what other people are, are posting about that's in the same category as you. Um, if anything, um, I do follow other brokers. Um, and I, and I, and I, I view their content with interest, not, not because I am with a scarcity I'm, mindset that they're taking business from. No. no. Also, this is another thing as well is, um, so a broker told me recently, um, he said, oh, you know, I don't want to follow you because I don't want you to have like more followers than me. And I went, <laughs> really? One follower. <laughs> One follower is not going to make a difference. Like, I don't, I don't care. I, you know, I'm, I don't actually follow that many people, but only because um, I, I really want my feed to show the stuff that I'm truly interested in. Yeah, so I won't follow yourself. somebody just because I'm hoping that they follow me. Um, if I want somebody to, I want stuff that I find on my feed that I'm going to regularly want to in, interact with. Um, so actually, a lot of the time I follow hashtags rather than actual individuals. Yeah. Um, because then it brings up, you know, this developer in Sheffield that's talking about, you know, how to, you know, how, you know, 
he's this problem that he had with his quantity surveyor last week or something. And I'm like, that's interesting. I'll watch that and I'll comment on that because that's interesting. If that person then decides they want to turn around and follow me, awesome. I might actually decide, oh, actually, I want to follow this person because their other content is really, really interesting as well. Because um, I think being a consumer on social media is just as important as being, as being a, a content creator. Um, there are three things basically to do on social media, which is to create content, is to consume other people's content so that you learn, um, you, you get an idea of what's getting attention and what isn't getting attention, what's doing well, what isn't doing well, what kind of, um, what kind of platform that particular platform is, what type of content does, does better, because then you can use that as a basis for your own. But also, it, you know, it, originally social media was called you know, a social network. You should be networking with people. Um, yep. You should be commenting. You should be, you know, we were talking off air about using um, voice notes to, to communicate with people on direct message I do that all the time. I send a voice note to every single new follower I get on Instagram and, do you? On, wow. and, on, and on LinkedIn and on Facebook. That is a, that's something I'm stealing. <laughs> it's easy as well. I can that's literally awesome. tell you, I never thought of that. I can literally tell you what I tell them. I literally go, oh, you know, Hi, so-and-so, it's Sam here. Thanks very much for following me. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I use social media as a network. And so I'm reaching out to let you know a little bit more about what I do. As you'll see from my feed, I'm the owner and director of Grand Union Finance. We specialize in helping uh, investors and developers with their financial needs. Um, so most of the content that you will find will be on this subject. I hope you find it really helpful. You know, don't be a stranger. Please reach out. Let me know a little bit more about what you do. And if there's anything I can help you with, please let me know. Boom. What a way to stand out! That's a have you have you seen the voice on LinkedIn of the on the profile? No. So so you can set this up. So next to your name, there's a little voice. I think it's about. I don't even think it's ten seconds to be fair. But you can tell people how your surname's pronounced properly. Ah, interesting. So I'll send you that over. But um, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Reciprocity. You're, you're much. You're 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 so far ahead of the game in terms of LinkedIn than than I am. So just, I just think that that's where all my, all the, I like connecting with people on there and I just find it a lot more conversational than say Instagram, but Instagram is, I've always said, I think that Instagram is one community led kind of something to do with business or like Facebook groups or something. Yeah. It's one change away from just being next level. Yeah. I really, th I mean, I love Instagram, but I think there's one little tweet they could make around businesses or groups and it would just explode. So that's where yeah. you need to be. That's what you need to be doing at the moment, building up that audience, exactly mm -hmm. what you're doing. But you, can, that, you, know, you can use, you can use platforms to work with one another as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, so for me, Instagram's a really, really useful platform for people actually reaching out to me because yeah. so, cause their, their, their direct message services is, is very, very easy to use and it's just there constantly. Um, and it's very, very easy to comment on everyone's stuff and it's easy to find people. Um, and it's, sorry, it's not, e not easy to find people, I should say. It's, it's good for, for people reaching out. Where, what, what's actually good to be found, though, you're, you're more likely to be found on something like YouTube or LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, where the search functionalities are so much better. So, you know, I'm quite fortunate. I spent a lot of time building up a good audience on, on Instagram. But if I was starting from scratch... I wouldn't give the same level of time that I do to Instagram as I currently do. Yeah. I'd be putting much, much more into LinkedIn and YouTube um, because they are the better search platforms. Um, this is one thing people forget. YouTube is the second biggest search engine behind Google, which it's owned by. 
<laughs> I heard that on a podcast and I thought, wow, yeah. thinking about it, it's just a way to search video content instead of yeah. written content. That's all it is. And, and it's actually quite, it's relative. Well, also the analytics on YouTube as well are brilliant as well. Are you know, they're, they, they're, they're, in terms of sophistication, they're probably actually better than, than oh, wow. uh, Instagrams and Facebooks um, because it even shows you like the search terms that are, that are, are pushing content, to, sorry, pushing people to your content um it is it's really really fascinating i'm actually go i'm actually i've bought an udemy uh okay. course on uh on on basically taking my youtube to the next level because i think youtube's not going away um you know the the usership has gone up something like 72 percent over lockdown Massive. um or the viewers viewing numbers have gone up 72 percent. so it's 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 not going anywhere it deserves more of my attention um yeah. and i think as brokers um, who are busy, and this is another thing, um, you know, just talking about brokers in, in general, is that um, I think that the industry itself is so old-fashioned in terms of the number of plates a broker needs to, needs to keep spinning at any one time. The o- overwhelm is a massive, massive issue. So adding in, suddenly becoming a marketing manager at the same time when you're maybe a one-man band or a two-man band is, is so, so, so hard. Um, so you have to box clever and you have to you know, uh, pick your battles almost with, I pick, I pick my battles. I, I put most of my attention on Instagram because that's where I get most of my leads from. So at the moment as a fledgling business, that's what I need to do longer term. That's not going to be the case. You know, I'm going to have more and more and more time. You know, we've just employed an operations manager who's slowly but surely taking a lot of work off. It was great today. Actually, she emailed me and asked me to do something for her, (laughs) not even in her job description. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and I told her that we weren't even moving on to until next month. And she's already said, oh, um, you know, I've, I've already done this for you. Right. Amazing. Awesome. Amazing. That That's, I, mean, I need to go in and check to make sure she's done it the right way. And, and I'm going to sit down with her next week and talk to her in more detail. About it. But, you know, that kind of stuff means that I can now do, do more marketing. But at this moment in time, I am a single marketing uh, department all to myself. So I need to pick my battles. As yeah. you said. So um, with... So obviously talking about video, I just want to quickly cap off with this really is talk to us about things a mortgage broker wants to hear. Oh yeah. This was, this is, you need (laughs) to check these out guys because I'm not a mortgage broker myself, but I deal with them day in, day out and I hear their struggles and (laughs) you literally condense them into a 15 second video. So Give us a yeah. couple of minutes on where it came from and what, you know, how you get the subjects. Do you know? Do you know the worrying thing, right? Is is that um, so? The reels are basically Instagram's version of TikTok. Yeah. Um, I used to, I really used to enjoy TikTok, but again, I I wasn't seeing the success that I needed. I needed to box clever, so I didn't. I, I stopped doing uh, putting as much in. But I really enjoyed that content. I really enjoyed the the. the the short video functionality and the editing and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was over the moon when Instagram when, reels when came Instagram around reels came out. Cause I was like, this is, this is awesome. Um, so I, I'm give I'm us an example concerned. of one. Can you, can well, you give us a little, well, I was going to say, I'm a bit concerned cause I've got to number five now and I hold my phone in one hand and I've only got five thing, five fingers. <laughs> what I do is, you know, I'll say things mortgage brokers love to hear. Part, part five. I'm like, I can't do part six now. <laughs> you'll have, have to, to draw, part... draw a biro on your hand, yeah, mate. That's what you'll have yeah, to I do. Yeah, I might actually, yeah, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a note of that. Uh, <laughs> number on hand. hand. I'm li- I've literally just written that down because that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. Um, but, um, but, you know, we, as brokers, we get the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, and so it might be something like, um, I think one of the most recent ones was, um, 
yeah, I want you to tell me the mortgage, uh, exactly the mortgage that is right for me personally, but I don't want to fill out any paperwork or give you any information. <laughs> right. And, it, and then I, what I try and do is I always, I, you know, they've got to be entertaining. Um, the, I love the one, sorry to put in, I love the one that was like, so can you send me um, those documents over PDF? And then it switches and it goes to the customer and the customer goes, so what I'll do for you is I'll take a photo of every page and I'll send it on all separate emails for you. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's just a photo of Sam's but face that, like, oh. So, so it started, start, the first one I did was, um, yeah, the, the, the way in which I do it is I, I kind of play both roles. So I'll give the introduction, say, things mortgage brokers love to hear, part one, part two, whatever. Um, and then it's, um, I'll play the role of the, the, the broker. So I'll be on one side of it. Um, saying saying whatever it is and then I'll play the role of a customer on the other side um, and then I'll come back to me and the first, the first I did it kind of relatively organically and the first one I did was I was like oh you know like kind of rolled my eyes and then I thought well next time my, my eye roll bit at the end has to be taken up a notch um, so I did I, I think I just I did one where I was like crying um, and, I, then, if you then, and then it culminated the, the, the last one I thought the, the, the one, the one, the fourth one I did, I think I smashed, I like banged my head against the table and I was like, what can I do more than that? And I, and I decided to come up with the idea of just throwing a glass of water in my face. <laughs> you need to check them out guys. But I, just, I had to quickly touch on that. Um, what I'd like to wrap the podcast up with is a strategy question. Mm-hmm. And if you can just give us a couple of minutes on this. So we're going to pretend, where do you live at the minute? You're in the Midlands, aren't you? I am. I'm not too far away from, from you, mate. Yeah, we're, we're only probably half an hour away, but we've never yeah. met. But you sound like from here. I don't at <laughs> yeah. all. <laughs> I've got the probably accent. <laughs> so you're, you're where you are at the minute and you are relocating to the north of Scotland. Okay. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone and an internet connection. What few steps do you take to start a new mortgage business? And would you stay in the niche that you're in now? Um, number one, I would definitely stay in the niche I'm in now okay. um, because it interests me. That's, as the, I don't, it's not about the money that this sector gets. It's just I find it more interesting. So that, that's the first thing. The, the, the first thing that I would do is I need to create a process. Okay. okay. So, so I need to choose the right CRM system. I need to create a workflow that will allow me to be on top of everything that's going through my my business that was the first thing i did when i set up grand union finance was i set up a workflow um the crm system that we we were given had seven stages in it that you can move through from start to finish we increased that to it's currently at 38 stages typical Um, typical sam norris (laughs) yeah um so i then know i every single day i can make my day systematic I can go in and I can check each and every one of those stages and every single one of those cases that's in there to make sure that I'm comfortable with with, with where they are. Um, Stage two is to then think, right, it's only me at the moment, but um, when my company is as big as it can get, because I believe that companies have a limit to how big that they can get, um, when my company is as big as I can get, what does my company look like? And I create what is known as an organizational chart. Um, So that is CEO at the top, administrators, client services at the bottom, um, and every single level in between. And you write a job description for every single one of those. Um, because at that time, if you're a single one, one man band, um, or one woman band, I should say, um, you are doing every single one of those jobs. You yep. need to start figuring out how to get other people to start mm-hmm. doing those jobs, bringing, bringing people in and giving them a job description. You know, I call, I, I, I basically, I always say I'm trying to create a business at Grand Union that's similar to McDonald's in a way, 
insofar as you know it's almost franchisable somebody can come in and go right this is your job role here's your job description get on with it because it's simple um okay. so so that's that's what i would then be doing whilst doing all of that you obviously need to be um promoting yourself on social media social media is the easiest and cheapest option to start marketing your company um, i would do it on a, in a personal way rather than saying okay. company um, and i would just be looking at doing a live video every day for example um, on, on your facebook page chop that up into a couple of little snippets that you can put as posts on Instagram and also uh, save and post that live video as a, as a video on, on YouTube and also on your LinkedIn um, page page as well. Do that every single day and, and you will start to get um, start to get leads. But if you do all of those three things, you, you've, you've pretty much got a business set up. My ambition is to take that. You, you mentioned all you've got is a, is a, what did you say? A phone, a, phone laptop, a laptop and an internet connection. Phone, laptop, internet connection. My, my goal by this, by the end of 2021, is that I only need two of those things, which is a phone and an internet connection. I, I want to dispense with my laptop. Oh wow! Right. Okay. That's that's my that's my ambition. That's how that's the level of process that, that you I, want. I, yeah, you, you just want every cog smoothly running. And the reason I ask that question is because I'm hoping that there's mortgage brokers that will listen to this that are just starting out in the field. Mm -hmm. Now I'm talking to somebody here that's got 13 years experience, not just in mortgages, but in a specialist area of mortgages. Mm. If you're not listening to that, if you're not taking a note of that, I just think it's crazy to just soak up everything that you're listening to here because mm. Sam's obviously very successful of what he does. You've now got offices in London, I believe. Yeah. Our, um, our head HQ is in the city of London. That's where uh, my business partner and our operations manager sit. And I go down there as often as I can. Um, but at the moment, I'm in the Birmingham office with the inverted commas, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is, is the my, spare room. <laughs> my spare room. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really want to just get like a really uh, rudimentary sort of plaque up in the I was, I was just about to say that you need it a plaque. Like grand, you know, have, you, have you seen that picture um, of like Jeff Bezos when he first starts Amazon and he's basically the, just written Amazon. Spray paint. <laughs> That's kind of what, I've got like a blank wall back there. I could just like just get this thing. You need to put it on there, uh, don't you? <laughs> grand Union Finance Birmingham office. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Or just Brom office underneath. Yeah, the, the, like yeah Brom town. No, well, that's I'm, all. That's... I'm from Solihull. So if you're telling anyone from Solihull that you're a Brummie, you get really dodgy looks. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you can't, you can't can't say you're from Birmingham if you're from Solihull. Solihull's normally how you get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, mate, awesome. That has um, that's it's given me so much value as well. It's given me some tips that I'm going to implement, and I hope everybody that's listening is takes the same from it. Amazing, amazing stuff. Before I let you go, um, I always ask all of my guests that come on. I like to donate to ten pound to a charity of their choice. So, which charity are you are you going for? Yeah, one that's pretty close to both myself and my wife's hearts, which is the Miscarriage Association. Um, okay, yeah. Unfortunately, we've we've suffered uh, multiple miscarriages now, and um, there just isn't enough support for people that, that suffer from these. They're much much more common than than anyone would would have you believe, and they're also much much more heartbreaking than people would have you believe as well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a charity that, that is really close to mine and Emily's heart. So um, yeah, that's Fantastic. really appreciated, mate. Great, awesome. Oh, well, I'll get that donated for you. But Sam, um, always a pleasure when I speak to you. I feel that we could speak for hours. I so can't believe that this we've, we've done an hour. <laughs> it actually has been an hour, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I hope everybody got some value from it and tell everybody where they can connect with you, Sam. 
Um, yeah, across the board, um, as you quite rightly say, I'm the Sam Norris on Instagram. The Sam Norris on, on yeah. Instagram. Uh, and on Twitter and on TikTok as well, at the Sam Norris, same handle. Facebook, uh, Sam Norris Property. If you search for that, you'll find me on there. Um, YouTube is youtube.com forward slash, and this is the longest name in YouTube history, youtube.com forward slash Sam Norris, the property investors broker. Um, that was a complete accident. It gave me that as a URL and I clicked okay, not realizing that I couldn't change it off. Oh, no. <laughs> rookie, absolute rookie. Uh, rookie error. So, but um, yeah, you can, can find me on there and then on LinkedIn as well. If you uh, sa- uh, search um, Sam Norris on there, I will come up. Awesome. I, my uh, icon is always the one with a, a black and white picture of my face and a blue background. So you should be able to find me pretty easily. Great. That's fab. Right. Get connecting with him and um, I will speak to you soon, Sam. Thanks again. You will do indeed. Thanks, Chris. Really Cheers. appreciate it. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.